and just looking around the room today and just watching you guys and just worshiping together and just knowing what God is doing through your lives, through all of our brokenness, but just knowing that God is just doing something really beautiful here on and this morn. And it just is a privilege to be part of that. So if uh, you've just arrived today or you're new to Lighthouse Church, this term we've been going through a series of emotionally healthy spirituality. And it's all, um, there's a real challenge. Uh, if any of you have read the book that we've kind of been encouraging, like some recommended reading to go alongside, which is this great um, quote by the guy, Pete, who's re- who uh, writes the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And he says, and come up on the screen. Oh, okay. Oh, lovely. Right. Well, well, I'll sort that out. He's <laughs> this is like, we know how to do this in our family. <laughs> Technology breaks. I'm like, Alex, <laughs> what do we do? Make it work again. And he always does. He's just amazing like that. And he says, <laughs> no pressure on it. <laughs> um, but he says, we can't remain, we can't be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. So you can't be spiritually mature if you remain emotionally immature. And so we've looked at all sorts this term. We've looked at how we deal with grief, how we deal with disappointments, um, how we deal with rest and work and getting that balance of actually being emotionally healthy in terms of boundaries and limits. Um, And we've also been looking at how we deal with difficult people huge part of our life isn't it so we've done part one so how do we deal with difficult people within the body of Christ within church and this week we're looking at how do we deal with difficult people in our world right on our doorstep maybe you have a really difficult neighbor maybe you've got a really difficult work colleague oh you're so wonderful can we give him a clap thank you very much Al Maybe you're in school and you've just got a really annoying classmate who is always shouting out or thinks they're better than everybody else. Maybe you've got an annoying child (laughs) or an annoying sibling or a difficult mother. All of us have people that we find it really difficult to love. Maybe their personalities are totally different to ours, their value system totally different. And yet our prayers are so often, aren't they? God, show my neighbor, show my colleague how much God loves them. That's so often our prayer, and that's a really good prayer to pray. But I think so often that the way God answers that prayer is through us. And he's saying, yes, go and show them how much I love them. Because love is action. The Bible says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. When Jesus came and all of his teaching was about saying the kingdom of God is here. This new kingdom was an order of love. Loving the world. Not by following the ways of the world. The Bible's really clear. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of 
so the Bible's really clear. Love the world without having to agree with everything that goes on, without having to come under some of the cultural pressures. So love your classmates without having to give in to some of the peer pressures that come with being in school, whether it's leaving other kids out, whether it's gossiping, whether it's going out drinking, whatever it is, some of the challenges you might have in school or in colleagues, it's to love your office without being part of some of the maybe negative office politics. Showing God's love for the his world, his people, his creation. Remembering that love isn't just a feeling, it's also not tolerance. Love is this beautiful but really difficult tension between truth and grace. So, just to set the scene a bit, I've just got a little video of kind of what I mean when I say, how do we love and deal with difficult people? Are we there yet? Hey, that's not funny. Hey, that's really immature. See, this is why no one likes ogres. All right, you're lost. I'm going to just stop talking. Finally. But this is taking forever. Shrek and ain't no in-flight movie or nothing. The kingdom of far, far away, donkey, that's where we're going. Far, far away. All right, all right, I get it. I'm just so darn bored. Well... Find a way to entertain yourself. <sighs> oh, for five minutes, could you not be yourself? For five minutes! Ah! Are we there yet? Yes. Oh, finally! <laughs> Brilliant. So maybe a little bit of a show of hands. Who has got a person in their life that they just find a little bit difficult, a little bit frustrating, Different personalities that just clash, just great on us a bit, and we find it a bit more difficult to be gracious and patient. Just going to read um, from Scripture. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verses 43 to 47. It's going to be on the screen as well. This is the message translation I've got. So um, Matthew 5, 43 to 47. And so this is Jesus. He's just been asked a question. Uh, he's just kind of unpacking a little bit of some of the Old Testament law. He's saying, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friends. It's easy to love our friends, isn't it? And it's unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them 
bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone else gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer, for then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless, the good and bad, the nice and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. So Jesus is going way beyond love your neighbor. But he's saying love your enemies. So those people that you were just thinking about in your minds, maybe the annoying kid in your class who just doesn't shut up. Or maybe your annoying neighbor who's complaining about, I don't know, boundaries of land or whatever's going on. Love your enemies. Love your neighbors even the difficult, annoying ones. So who are the difficult people? Oh, gosh. Why do we find it really difficult? A lot of it is because we have all been created so differently. We all have totally different values. Sometimes our values are more similar. If we've come from a similar upbringing, um, maybe come from the same faith, maybe same kind of education system, then we have maybe similar values and we find it easier to get along with those people. There might be some people who just have a totally different <coughs> way of thinking to us. Here he is again. Oh, God, what would I do with that? <laughs> who are those some of our people in our lives? I don't know about you. Um, has anyone been watching The Great British Bake Off? Oh, just me and Kathy then. Oh, no, and someone at the back. Alicia, yeah, okay. And I don't know about you, um, but you know, like the first episode... You make a whole load of judgments about the cast. Oh, it's all right, you know. It's fine there. No, no, honestly. Uh, I need my slides now. <laughs> I'm young. I've got, I should have good enough eyesight to see from there. I don't know about you, but if as soon as you watch... So this was the cast of Great British Bake Off this year. And um, we have this terrible habit in our household, as they introduce them, of just straight away being like, well, they're annoying, they're annoying, they're annoying. Oh, we like them. They're annoying. And then we do it automatically, don't we, as humans? We just do it straight away. We make judgments about people, people that are more maybe similar to us. We're like, oh, I like them. They talk like me. They're similar to me. They have a similar sense of humor to me. They seem to value the same things as me. And other people that are maybe a bit different, sound a bit odd, maybe have some very different values, like, well, they're annoying. Don't like them. Vote them off. Same with if you've been watching The Apprentice. We were... <laughs> I mean, we've not watched it for a few years, but gosh, there's some annoying people on there. <laughs> um, there's, and we do. The, we, we are faced with these different personalities. And so part of being on this beautiful world that God has created is that we are surrounded by all sorts of neighbors, those that are easy to get on with and others that are really difficult to get on with. But if we don't minister to those around us in an emotionally healthy way, then we end up hurting ourselves or them. I love this scripture in John 1, 14. 
the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. It's like God put on human skin and like moved into the house next door. Just want you to just close your eyes a second and picture your house, wherever that is. Whether it's in Paradwys, in Llangevni, Llangoed, Llosnegr, Llanmona. And I want you to just imagine if suddenly a furniture maker named Jesus moved into the house next door. Literally moved into your neighborhood. How would that change your community? Your annoying neighbors you find it difficult to get on with, how would Jesus interact with them? The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. So I want to unpack, you can open your eyes now if you haven't already, just but keep kind of keep that image of Jesus in the house next door in your mind. I want to just have a look at some... Um, Certain we've all got, and we'll all have different parts of these personalities, okay? Because we're all annoying to different people. That's just the truth, isn't it? And hopefully, just some helpful ways of being able to love some of the more difficult um, characteristics that we carry around with us. Often, people can be difficult in terms of manipulating trying to make someone else do something they don't want to do or feel they shouldn't do. Maybe you have that in school. And often tactics for manipulation can be fear or threats or guilt or shame or bullying, power, intimidation, flattery, anything that makes it hard for us to say no. And sometimes our response is just two choices between hurting someone by not doing what they want and harming them by doing what they want us to do, but stops them from taking responsibility for themselves. So let's just have a little look at some characters in our community. Anyone a fan of the Mr. Men series? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we may have some people in our life that are a bit like Mr. Grumpy. They are the victim. They don't take responsibility for their own decisions. They blame others when things don't work out. They take offense very easily, and they find it difficult to receive constructive feedback. Anyone got any Mr. Grumpies in their life, maybe at work, at school? Emotionally needy people will see themselves as a victim. And so whatever we do, will never be enough, will never be good enough. Victims will try really hard to find rescuers. And every time we fall into either the ongoing victim role or the rescuer role, we're in trouble. Particularly if you have a bit of a rescuer tendency. We always need to be the connector to the real rescuer, the real restorer, the real savior. Some of us sometimes can be emotionally unhealthy 
because we try and rescue people when actually that's not our role. Our role is to point them to the cross, to Jesus Christ, who can do incredible work of inner healing. So we love people, but knowing that often they may never change until they allow certain aspects of their heart to be given to Jesus. So just be careful and being emotionally healthy with the Mr. Grumpies in our life. Some people are aggressive. You might have an aggressive neighbor. You might have an aggressive friend at school. Think Mr. Rude and Mr. Mean. They don't think about how their emotions or behaviors impact people around them. They're unpredictable. They can explode at any moment in anger. Maybe you've got someone like this. You just, you're always treading on eggshells around them. At any point, they could just kick off, blow up in anger. We can never control other people's behaviors. But what we can do is protect our own hearts. Some of the difficult personalities we might come up against are the moaners, the Mr. Grumble at the top there. They don't do much to serve but moan about everything and everyone. People will often tell us what they want. Being emotionally healthy is being able to discern what they need. So don't compromise your values in order to please others. If you tend to be a bit of a people pleaser, this is a real challenge. How do we love people by not compromising our values? We can't rescue people from the consequences of their choices. We actually get in the way of what God is doing, of his restorative nature. Anyone got some Mr. Perfects or Mr. Fussy in their lives? Nothing is ever good enough. They never focus on encouraging or the good things, but they stay fixed on criticizing. Maybe you've got a family member like this. Maybe someone at work, your boss. This is a truth that is really important. Critical negative people who regularly criticize often find it really difficult to love themselves. And we need to learn the difference between constructive and destructive criticism. And actually, it's often about the person who gives it. Do they love themselves? Do they love you? So think about the people that give you feedback, maybe criticism, are highly critical. Because you will always do things that others don't like. will always be somebody who doesn't quite like what you're doing or the way that you're doing it. So the question is, with Mr. Perfects and Mr. Fussy, are you upsetting the right people? Are you upsetting the right people, the ones who are irresponsible, who are always accusing, who are critical? Or are you upsetting the, right, uh, the wrong people, 
that wise, loving, trusted friend who is actually genuinely trying to give you some feedback to help you. Some of us um, are like Little Miss Helpful, or we know Little Miss Helpfuls. They see people's lives and problems as something for them to solve and fix, which is great on the surface, but dig a bit deeper, and there's an emotionally unhealthiness there because it's coming from a sense of wanting to fulfill their own self-worth. And so again, we have to be really careful of how do we love people and serve them knowing we can't fix people. Again, pointing them towards Jesus. We might have people in our lives that are yes people. We might find them really frustrating. The little miss busy. They always say yes to everything because of not wanting to hurt people, but end up having poor boundaries and limits. They might let us down because they take on too much. Some are like Mr. Quiet, silent. They don't tell you how they really feel or what they're thinking, and instead they ignore the problem, avoid it, quit, or sneak out quietly. Some are overbearing, little Miss Bossy, little Miss Stubbins, and they push their way through life. They don't listen to others. They're pushy, intimidating, narrow-minded, ignorant to others' points of view. They find it difficult to be teachable and learn from those around them. So how do we deal with those types of personalities, the overbearing, controlling people in our lives? You can either convert them to frustrated people or you get controlled by them. So we can, either get we can either convert them to just being frustrated with us or we get controlled by them. We don't control other people's behaviors. The only behaviors we have any control over are our own. So when the Bible talks about Jesus as God, made flesh and moving into the neighborhood, he lived and worked with difficult people. In the scriptures, we see him dealing with little Miss Bossies, Mr. Grumbles, Mr. Rude, Mr. Fussies. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. We all need to step up in how we talk to others with more respect and kindness. And when conversations become unkind, whether it's in school, at work, whether if they become disrespectful, we always have a right to end them. So a few just little things to just think about to help us before we respond. As we think about Jesus moving into our neighborhoods, I just want to think about how he interacted with some of the more difficult personalities in some of the Gospels. What I love about Jesus is, is his love is action. He's always moving towards someone. He doesn't shy away from difficult personalities. But he also knows when to move away and step aside and move on. 
Love is action. Love as identification. Do we step back and think, how is life through this person's eyes? In their shoes. How is life for little Miss Bossy? For Mr. Perfect? Little Miss Busy? I don't think we're called to fix people, but we are called to love them. And that means trying to understand them. Love is listening. Not having to agree, but just listening. Help me understand you. It's not fixing, but it's trying to identify. Have you ever noticed we like talking to people that we understand? It's so much easier, isn't it? Being heard, though, is so close to being loved. The actual act of just being heard and listened to is so close to the feeling of actually being loved. Jesus lived and worked in the neighborhood he lived in, and he listened. He tried to understand the stories of the people that he came across. Let's be a community that tries to understand, but doesn't try and fix. We, we listen, we try and understand, we point them towards the cross. And the final thing is, love is praying for them. Jesus says to pray for our enemies. I remember going through a season a few years ago where I know you'll never believe this, but there were some children I taught that I actually didn't really like, <laughs> that were really hard work. They were really rude. <laughs> they didn't want to learn maths. What is that? <laughs> and they were really, really hard. They were from a really different background to me. They looked really different to me. And honestly, I dreaded having to teach them. And um, those of you who are in teaching knows that you have to teach the kids you like and the kids you don't like <laughs> and do a good job with all of them. And I was finding it really hard. Like I literally, this kid was not good at maths either, so he really needed help. But there were some lessons where I was like, I just actually just don't want to go over and help him because he's just going to be horrible. <laughs> And I remember going through a season of sharing it with my small group of like, what do I do with this kid? He is driving me insane. I, I, I actually just don't like him. There's nothing likable about him in my classroom. And my friend challenged me in a small group. She was like, pray for him. Just start actively praying for him. Commit to praying for him. And I was like, I don't want to pray for him. He's annoying. He's rude. <laughs> But there was something that shifted in my own heart as I went through that term of committing every day to praying for him. And not just praying to fix him, that he would change, <laughs> to love maths, but praying for God's peace and blessing over him and his family. And at first, they were just words. I didn't mean them to start off with, but it was almost like a discipline, praying for him. 
And there was something that just shifted as I continued just praying for him each day. That God gave me a grace and a mercy for him that I knew only came from the Holy Spirit. As I prayed peace and blessing over him, something shifted in the way I saw him, the things I noticed about him that just helped me have compassion and mercy. Now, he was still an absolute pain in the butt <laughs> to teach. But, and I can never control his behaviors as much as you try to as a teacher. But I could control the way I interacted with him. So pray. Pray for those really difficult people in your lives, whether they're the Mr. Quiets, the Mr. Fussies, the Mr. Rudes, the little Miss Stubborn. There's this incredible verse in Jeremiah. And so I want us to just read this as a prayer over our city, over Anglesey. This is when the Israelites were in exile. So they were actually in a foreign place with lots of probably very difficult people. Jeremiah works, says, Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Another version says, Do good things for the city where I sent you. Pray to the Lord for the city where you are living. If there is peace in that city, you will have peace also. What would it look like for Anglesey if each and every one of us took seriously Jesus' teaching on love your neighbor, even your enemies? What would it look like for each and every single one of us here to walk into our classroom tomorrow, our running club, our Pilates group, our office, at the school gates, if every single one of us walked into those places tomorrow morning as the answer to our prayer of God, show them how much you love them. I love hearing some of the stories. I know some of you have been involved um, in some of the groups that you've intentionally got involved in and committed to them even when life has been hard for you of getting to know those people in those groups listening to them trying to understand them loving them I love like Kirsty and Matt's example of taking it really seriously God's teaching to love their neighbour and one of their neighbours has started coming to church over the last few months and I've been around their table when they've had their family for dinner. They take really seriously Jesus' command to love your neighbour, actually your physical neighbour, the person who lives next door to you. Do you know their name? Do you know their story? Have you ever had them around for dinner? What if we approached our annoying, difficult, grumpy, awkward, aggressive, overbearing classmates, colleagues, neighbours 
with a mindset of, I don't agree with your behavior, but I'm committed to trying to understand you, to not fix you, but point you to the real fixer and savior. I'm praying for your peace and God's blessing. So I'm going to invite the band back up. And um, there's a map of Anglesey. And the way I want us to finish this, this is, I've just asked the youth to help me a bit with this because there's a bit of prep work. But sometimes we can so easily think that like God's work is working for the church or working for a charity or, you know, the like spiritual jobs. But every single thing in this room that you guys are going to walk into tomorrow is your neighborhood. Jesus became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And I want us today to commission each other into our neighborhoods. And that commission is just like a like a sending off, like preparing and sending off to wherever those are. So I want us to kind of get into groups roughly on location. So this is going to get a bit messy. <laughs> but let's try and f- we'll try and figure it out. So maybe if we have, um, if you kind of live around the center of Anglesey,